Hello everybody. Um, my name is Sriram Narayanan. I'm the Vice President for Publications for the Production and Operations Management Society. Uh, it gives me great excitement to bring to our community the first podcast for uh, in, in the series of podcasts we are planning to produce for the Production and Operations Management Society. Um, the uh, inaugural pod podcast, as you can imagine, is going to be about the POMS Society itself. So in the inaugural podcast, we also have the excitement of having uh, two of the founding members uh, of the society, uh, Professor Kalyan Singhal and Professor Sushil Gupta. Their names don't need introduction to members of POMS Society. Everybody knows them. We also have uh, Professor Subodha Kumar, who is the deputy editor of the Production and Operations Management Journal, um, uh, participate in the podcast. Without much ado, we are going to try and put some questions up for Professor Singhal and Gupta and uh, have their perspectives on the society. Our, our basic idea in the inaugural podcast was to take us down the memory lane. And for, for all of us younger scholars, uh, we wanted to get a sense of the historical context behind the society and the effort that it has taken for the founders to help us get to this point. Um, uh, well, uh, Professor uh, Singhal, thank you for joining us. Professor Gupta, thank you for joining us. And uh, Professor Kumar, thank you for joining us uh, in today's episode. Uh, my first question is for Professor Singhal. Um, would, you, would you tell us about how and when the society was formed and uh, give us some historical context around the society, Professor Singhal? It was around 1987. The only two professional societies that existed in this country were the Institute of Management Sciences called TIMS and Operations Research Society of America called ORSA. These are the two societies that eventually in 90s merged to become what we know as INFORMS. So I created TIMS College in Production and Operations Management, which was a subdivision. It was the largest subdivision within TIMS or ORSA. Uh, I had close to 900 members within a week or two. And then I did a survey and almost all of them wanted a journal and an annual meeting. However, Tim Sorsa leadership was at the time not prepared to do either. So I said, thank you very much. I will pursue these goals outside your organizations. So I consulted with my spouse, Jaya, who is also a professor here. And told her that if we start this, our research career will be gone, our consulting career will be gone, but there will be a great service to the society community. We agreed. I asked her to give me $450. I called a lawyer and asked him to create a society. I needed two names as directors of the new society. So I contacted Sushil and he agreed and my colleague Kiki Marsha. Within two weeks, again, I had 900 or so members including Bob Hayes from Harvard, Martin Starr, who served as editor-in-chief of management science longer than anyone else from Columbia, Howley from Stanford. We decided to have our first meeting in Washington, D.C. in October. Martin Starr came and he declared that we have arrived. We just have to move forward. And we had meetings 90 in D.C., 91 in New York, 92 in Orlando and 93 in Boston. I was still Palms president. And Sushil 
and Marty Starr and I sat down and discussed where we go from here. Based on the experience of Toyota, we decided that if we have to make a difference, we have to make a long-term commitment, the three of us, and along the way, we will have to pay price. Financial, personal, career. When the first issue came out, it again electrified the community. Everybody was happy with it. As the journal progressed, we had the need to decentralize it. Not many journals were decentralized by then, other than management, science, and operations research. We went for full-fledged decentralization, and again, the impact was unexpected. There was another major development. Our submission rate went up. The quality of the journal went up. As the journal expanded, we needed to bring a deputy editor on board for two very different reasons. One as a staff function to take care of day-to-day -day operating issues, technical issues. Second reason was line, line job. Somebody has to coordinate so many departmental editors. And there were policy issues. I alone could not do that. I needed somebody who can serve as an associate and an advisor both. And that's where after consulting number of people, we zeroed in on Subodh and the rest is history. Now, why did we create the society? What was the reason? When we created the society, our community had a very narrow focus. Because it had a narrow focus, a small number of people were in leadership and everyone else did not count. 80-90% of the papers written by the community, no matter what their quality was, they were not published in management, science, and operations research because of their very focus. And the related problem was that operation management was that narrow focus. So we had to democratize the community and we had to expand the boundaries of the field. We did not know where this was going to lead. But after 29th, is the 29th year of the journal and the society has done extremely well. We were the first to publish a special issue in supply chain management, for example. And second is to democratize. You can see how many people are involved in so many places. The most visible thing is the growth of membership and the growth in the attendance at the meeting. We started with 200 and now we have 2,000. Thank you, Professor uh, Singhal. Professor Gupta, what, could, could you talk to us about, from your vantage point, about how the society has grown so much and what, what did you do to facilitate uh, the growth in the society and its conference and what were the challenges you faced? After the society started, we started organizing conferences. We started the journal. And after that, it has been a long journey where we are. We are a very large society. We have more than 2,500 members from our around 55 countries. Our conferences are very large. We get about uh, 2,000 participants, again, from about 45 to 50 countries from around the world. Now, why this has happened? The society took several initiatives. 
One is the creation of colleges, which brings the special interest groups together. And we have eight colleges. And uh, these people are heavily involved in research in their own areas. They organize sessions in the conferences and uh, uh, bring speakers on special topics which are relevant for that area. For example, in healthcare, disaster management, technology management, or sustainability. So that way, the society is gaining from the interest of people who are in POM area, but, but with different interests. Then we created chapters, which are geographical chapters, which has brought together from the, the members from around the world, because with the help of these chapters, we have been able to organize international conferences and also increase our membership. That was another big initiative. Then when people work, whether they do research or teaching or service, they need to be recognized for their contributions to the profession, for their contributions to the society. So the society created several awards and our members are honored. Uh, we give them these awards, we recognize them uh, in our conferences. We also created a category of people who are, if I can use the word senior people and who have contributed to the profession and we call them the POMS fellows. And these are the mentor for our um, uh, young generation. They talk to our members during the conferences and otherwise also. So that has helped. Uh, moving the society to the next level. And uh, our national conferences, annual conferences, and international conferences, they have become very strong, very powerful, and they are growing every year. And uh, the last conference in Washington DC, 2019, we had about 2000 members attend that conference. So our conferences, our journal, and the service to the society, service to the members, all these things are important for making this society great, for making it what we are today. That is excellent, Professor Gupta. Thank you so much. Professor Kumar, would you like to share some ideas on that and from your vantage point? Sure. Uh, you know, I think uh, how the society and journal was formed, it is covered by Professor Singhal and Professor Gupta. And uh, my association with, uh, with both the society and the journal started uh, much later. And my job was a lot easier because it was uh, well recognized and was a top journal and a society where everybody wanted to be part to. Uh, my association with the journal first started uh, with uh, creating a, uh, interface department with information systems, which uh, is which uh, is very strongly uh, connected with operations management. Uh, so this is the time uh, around 2008-9 um, we realized that a lot of researchers were working at the interface of information systems and operations management. So 
when I contacted Professor Singhal, uh, his response was that, yeah, we can start, but you will have to serve as the department editor. And I was, I was not, I was not expecting, I was not ready. I thought that, you know, this is a good suggestion and we can start, but, uh, you know, took that challenge and we started with that. And uh, after a few years, uh, I took the role of uh, deputy editor. Now, when I started at the journal in that role, uh, we had a very healthy submission and a lot of good things were going on with the journals. Uh, it was, uh, uh, for a long time, it was already in the UTD list and all uh, other uh, top lists. And uh, there was no doubt that uh, it was, uh, was considered in all the top schools um, as the top journal. So what could we do there to make it even better? Of course, uh, one thing was to make sure everything works smoothly and uh, you know everything is managed in a pro proper way. So that was the one thing we did. Uh, and uh, we had already many department editors and senior editors. So make sure that uh, the process is uh, done more smoothly. So one of the first thing that uh, you know, after I joined, we did was that we automated a lot of processes, which, uh, uh, which you know, even uh, from when the paper is accepted, how the process happens after that and something before that. So a lot of things we went into the automation. So that was the easier part. Uh, one more thing I realized that uh, we had a lot of good uh, awards that Professor Gupta told about the society. We started recognizing people we were not recognizing as much for journal uh, services. So started uh, awards for uh, senior editors, reviewers, and then later on also for department editor. That was another thing. And then uh, at the same time, uh, we also see that how we can reach out to uh, different um, uh, geographical locations to have more submissions or submissions uh, reach out to people in journal to have uh, increase in submissions and good quality papers. Uh, and we worked on that. We had many special issues uh, in last few years on all the topical thing. In fact, uh, we can say that we are one of the journals where any new thing start, we are a risk taker as Professor Singhal always takes that. We have to take risks and make mistakes to be a top journal. So we are ready to take that where we feel that some other journals sometimes hesitate. They wait uh, too long. So we start uh, areas like disruptive technologies, uh, which we don't think any other operations management area has a separate department for that. Um, we have for one for not for profit and so on. And uh, we keep keep doing that. In terms of number of submissions, actually we have, we saw healthy increase uh, when it started, I believe we were around 600 or 700 submissions a year. Uh, last year we crossed uh, 1000 uh, for the first time. And this year we are expecting uh, maybe more than 1600 or so. So clearly uh, number of submissions have gone up. Um, the, the recognition of the journal uh, is continuously going up. Uh, as a society also, uh, you know, we have grown a lot and uh, I think uh, uh, we, we continue to do so. So I think, uh, uh, you know, as I told, my job was not that difficult because uh, it was already uh, cooked product uh, and uh, well-cooked product. So I, I think uh, the only thing was to maintain and make it even better. So that's what uh, uh, my role has been with the journal. Great. Thank you so much, Professor Kumar. I, I do have a follow-up question uh, for, for our panelists here. Uh, so 
since the formation of the society in 1987, um, I'm, I'm sure there have been several milestones to where the society is today. Uh, what would you believe are some of the leading milestones that, that facilitated the society to be uh, where it is today in your mind, both in terms of journal scholarship and in terms of uh, the conference? Uh, what I what we were thinking was uh, not only in terms of milestones, in terms of the product itself, but also in terms of your thinking and your approach to the society and 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 the community itself. Earlier said that creation of colleges, geographical chapters, awards, all these things, all these steps, I'll consider them as the milestones because they occurred at different points creation of colleges, it occurred at different points. When we found that one college is successful, we created another college. And another important thing that we started and we plan to continue, we recognize that our students are the future of the society. They are the future leaders. So we like to keep them involved encourage them to come to our conferences so they can learn from the experience of the senior researchers. Our membership is free for the students. So they can join the society without any cost. They have the reduced rate for um, registration during the conferences. And similarly, we don't want to leave uh, our senior people who retire and uh, the membership is free for the retired people. In fact, uh, once I received an email from one of the retired person that please remove me from the list. And I asked him why. He says, I retired and I don't need the society because I'm not working. I said, that is good. You don't need the society, but the society needs you, your experience. So why don't you continue as a member? You don't, you don't have to even pay and this person agreed. So we try to encourage our students, our uh, senior members so that they continue to be the members. Then we found that uh, uh, there are a lot of bright students from around the world. They are not able to come and attend the conference. So we created awards, which is called um, Emerging Economies doctoral student award where the students from emerging countries they compete and then we uh, give them the travel grants from about three to five students they come from different countries so we are building linkages around the world and we continue to do that and that is going to help the society and uh, uh, Svoboda mentioned about uh, the journal you know, let me add to that, that we are constantly looking for the current practices, the current problems on which the POM researchers can work. For example, one of the most important problem at this time is COVID-19 pandemic. So we announced a special issue on pandemic and uh, we have received more than 150 submissions for that uh, particular issue. Business analytics is becoming an important area in all the business schools and engineering schools. 
So we announced a special um, journal issue on business analytics. So we needed to bring people together and still there are people in other societies, uh, Academy of Management, in forms, which is a good thing about the profession. And then there is a European counterpart of our society. So we provide a home for everybody. People can be anywhere else and can also can be in farms. And as regards the future of the society, it will be more of the same, but at a much higher level, more democratization, expanded boundaries of the field. We have recently created 10 awards to recognize the best papers. They are named after superstar scholars in our field. I can give you their names. Howley of Stanford, Chris Tang at UCLA, Alida Roth at Clemson, Cheryl Gaiman at Georgia Tech, Wally Hop at Michigan, late Paul Kleindorfer, Michael Pinedo, Suresh Sethi, George Shantikumar, and John Bazakart. And so these awards will recognize publication in the journal in 10 different areas. Uh, the goal here is not as much as operations management, but within the business schools. Within the business schools, since our strength is not as big as there are more finance professor than operations management professor. There are more marketing professor than operations management. These awards, their recognition, when is get the attention of the dean and others, uh, it will elevate the operations management brand, not palms brand. That's it. We we also give award not only for research but to great thinkers who can think strategically, who can innovate things, who can start, take new initiative. So the society has created an award in the name of Dr. Kalyan Singhal for innovations. And uh, that's a very prestigious award for his recognition and contribution. That is excellent. Thank you, Professor Gupta. But I, I should also note on that, uh, on that realm that uh, there is an award in your name also, Sushil K. Gupta Palms Distinguished Service Award uh, in your honor. So um, uh, certainly uh, there are two awards to recognize the founders that is outstanding. Um, and we, uh, the, some other initiatives we have with the doctoral consortium to help our PhD students. We organize the Emerging Scholars Program, uh, which is for young assistant professors so we can help them in building their careers. We have a mentor-mentee program uh, in our conferences where we put together people who are interested in learning and people who are interested in educating the younger generation. And um, in our conference and membership, the, the percentage difference between uh, I'll call it the diversity and inclusion, and we are getting more female members in in our membership as well as the conference attendance. And there are a number of assistant professors who join, who come to the conferences increasing. So 
our motto is catch them young. Yeah. So let me add a few things. Uh, when uh, Professor Gupta was talking about uh, uh, the vibrancy and Professor Singhal was talking about as a journal, we want to be on the top. See, the few things we have done, uh, which I think is very important for our society, uh, how we reach. One was that uh, we get more and more uh, uh, involved on uh, social media these days because that's a one way to reach and we need uh, people like uh, our uh, current VP publication, which is you, uh, uh, you know, uh, Professor uh, Sridham, uh, to have uh, new ways to reach to our people because you know the the younger generation they want to uh, see and and uh, read uh, differently uh, so we have been very active on social media in fact uh, for both society and journal activities uh, we post uh, on all sorts of uh, pages so we have active pages on facebook uh, twitter linkedin and we encourage uh, all the listeners to to follow us and join on those social media. I think that's very important uh, to be aware of what's happening. We have any acceptances. Uh, we have new uh, articles online, everything we do, as well as any new event from society. Also, uh, our uh, articles are um, cited in uh, media. We also put that uh, on our uh, web page as well as social media pages. That's the one part. And the second thing, uh, uh, we realize that uh, both quality of review as well as timeliness is very important, especially for people who are assistant professors uh, on their tenure clock, as well as PhD students. So we have put a lot of emphasis on that, that what we can systematically do to both improve the quality as well as reduce the uh, cycle time. And we have taken a lot of measures to do that uh, from every possible direction, uh, working with our uh, editorial team, as well as providing all kinds of supports. And we have done a very good job. Our uh, uh, average time we return to authors in 60 days, all, around 60 days. And uh, our, our goal is to keep it consistent across uh, papers. So, you know, I, I think uh, all these things have really helped us in getting better quality papers and, and, and we have got a lot of appreciation from the authors on that. That, that is excellent, uh, Professor Kumar. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that. And I certainly would like to remind us some of our listeners that Palms has a very strong social media presence. We have a Twitter account, we have a Facebook account. Uh, so please go to our webpage and, and try to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, if you can, uh, we certainly want to connect with uh, many of you. Uh, that brings me to a, a, a different question, just in terms of operations management as a discipline itself. Professor Singhal, you've you, you certainly written some articles in Palms about the growth of operations management as a discipline um, early on. And, and what is your, what is the sense of um, um, what is the sense of your, your sense of how operations management as a discipline itself has grown from Palm's vantage point? Uh, that you know, over over 1989 when the society was started uh, to today, uh, you know, the, the discipline itself has grown quite a bit, starting from the Tim's Orsa days that you you were talking about. That it was primarily mathematicals. Today we have so many different approaches. Palm's is also more inclusive about uh, publishing different approaches. Uh, so how has all this contributed to the body of knowledge in, in the academic community? See, the profession of operations management did not start in 89. 
it started four million years ago when humans, not even homo sapiens, but the humans that preceded us, they started making tools, stone, to kill animals, to extract more meat. So then you had development of metals. There was not much operations involved in agriculture. And then when technology developed further, all these uh, ancient civilization, Egyptian, Mesopotamia, Indus Valley, Chinese, they had earlier stages of operations management. They were, even the numbering system did not exist, zero did not exist, but measurements were quite sophisticated. The tools were sophisticated. Their houses were more modern than the houses in which half of the humanity lives. They, they designed a bullock cart, which is still used after 4,000 years in India. So these were the developments. Then the second stage of development was uh, small scale industry. They, they did not have steam engine or internal combustion engine or turbines, but operations management developed. India had the most sophisticated textile industry, handicraft industry, and uh, it was the largest exporter in the world. And then the way um, operations were managed, we, managed, we don't have time here, but the, the certain textiles were manufactured at certain time of the day, depending on the humidity conditions. So this is how the field was. Then came the industrial revolution. And if you look at the field of operations, the whole basis of civilization, the whole basis of economics is to create goods and services. That is what our production and operations management. So given that it covers all human activities with certain things in agriculture uh, uh, excluded, the, the field can keep on expanding as long, as far as it wants. There is no limit to that. We have seen, we go for non-profit. We have gone into industry studies. Supply chain was an old area. So supply chain have existed for thousands of years. They did not start in 1983, uh, contrary to what you read in several publications. So the field will continue to expand other important part is that it should expand and make inroads in other disciplines. Uh, organization science people publish operations management, marketing publishes operations management, accounting, half of it is comes from operations management. The only area that is immune to all other areas of business is finance. Uh, they are from another planet, so we, we don't interact much with them. So that is that is the that is the perspective of how far our field can go. Let me add to that. I think Dr. Singhal has uh, beautifully covered the development of the PUM area and what is happening now. And at POMS, we are trying to encourage the interface between PUM and other areas. That's why we have the Department of Interfaces with PUM and 
uh, information system, POM in marketing, POM in accounting, POM in finance, because we realize that in, in an organization, it is, uh, you know, these departments, they don't have to work in watertight compartments. So there has to be cross research between these areas. And that is beneficial to the POM area as well as to the organizations in general. So we are taking steps in that direction. Great. Professor Kumar, do you have anything to add to that or? No, only thing I will add is that we also have POM economics. I just wanted to be full on interface. But yeah, I agree that all these interface departments uh, have really helped us in grow. Uh, you know, if we think in, look in terms of number of submissions, uh, uh, we have, of course, the highest ones still are manufacturing supply chain, but we are getting a lots of submission in healthcare operations, which is one of the growing area. And uh, it, it, is, it was only until recently when management science started this department on healthcare operations. Otherwise there was no other major journal in the field where we are separate. Now we see it in JOM has it, I believe, uh, something of that nature, OR has it. But but POM has it started it a lot early on, and that's why we get a lot of papers on that. Uh, similarly, uh, still many journals don't have this interface department. And the good part of these interface departments is that we not only get papers from OM researchers, but also from people who are working in other disciplines, but the interface of operations, they also have one. For example, in from IS interface, uh, we get a lot of paper from uh, information system scholars. Same thing in POM marketing area, we get a lot of papers from marketing scholars. So that basically increases the reach and um, uh, also the breadth of the journal. And I think that has really helped not only OM discipline, but it is helping other discipline. Also at the society, we have a lot of tracks in every annual conference uh, on this interface tracks. And we have got a lot of traction from other disciplines. So I think that's another beauty of POM that they, we have done it very successfully uh, in making this happen. Thank you so much. Uh, my, my next question is primarily uh, what is happening now? And, and, and uh, uh, Professor Gupta, you were talking about COVID and uh, how, do you, how do you see the society evolve in, a, in, in the future? Do you, do you believe that the COVID environment is gonna have an impact on how we operate as a society, how we structure our conferences, or uh, where would you see are the big impacts or even areas where POM can contribute? Uh, in fact, you also mentioned that we have 150 submissions for, for the uh, special mm -hmm. issue. Um, would, you, would you shed some light on that? Yeah. I think COVID-19 has affected the society in the short term. We had to postpone our conference in Minneapolis. We did not, in fact, in this year, 2020, we could not organize a conference because our conferences are in the spring term. Uh, our next year's conference is in Atlanta. Also, I'm doubtful whether we'll be able to have a face-to-face -face conference given the current situation. But at some point, hopefully, the pandemic will come in control but it will take time to recover and i think it might change the 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 playing field the the scenario for organizing the conferences and uh, i uh, 
say my own intuition is that we'll move into a direction of organizing online conferences uh, or it could be the mixed conferences and uh, uh, our but that may be in the short term that may be in the short term so the, so it is going to affect the conferences definitely but we might be back on track but not in the short term maybe 3 4 years down the road it is going to increase research in the pandemic area and the disaster management i am the the uh, i manage and um, the co-editor of the disaster management department and we did not see many paper on pandemics and uh, so this will be new area it will provide an impetus for um, research so that's what i see the effect of covid 19 uh, the short term is very drastic but slowly will we will recover and i think in my opinion this is happening in all the industries not only in pom journal and uh, in education we are moving to online classes and uh, right now we are discussing should be online classes or should we have face to face classes or hybrid classes so i was telling my colleagues in the department that we started online fully online classes about 10 years back and there was a lot of resistance but uh, this is the way of the future more online classes will be held the in the education field might change there might be more online education as compared to what we have seen covid 19 has just accelerated the pace of um, online education conferences that's what i see that's what i see in the future great, great. thank you so I, I do have one last question uh, i know we are we are reaching towards the end of the podcast episode and uh, so what is your message what would be a message that you would like to communicate to younger scholars uh, who are coming out of phd programs particularly when in a covid environment um, and uh, do, do you have any thoughts for them and uh, what POMS as a society is going to do to help them and, and get them in our fold? Um, any, any thoughts that you have to communicate? Yes, POMS is an important area, both in manufacturing as well as service industries and a lot of good opportunities for doing research in different aspects on uh, disaster management healthcare information system manufacturing so there are a lot of opportunities for doing research it is a very rich field if you are interested in doing research and uh, I will say those people who have chosen manufacturing and production as the field should watch what is happening around, what are the opportunities, and continue march on. And uh, I seen sometimes the young generation they seem to get uh, disheartened and um, become pessimistic about the field, but that is not correct and we need to move on and uh, encourage this field. 
Thank you. Okay, Professor Kumar. Yeah, I will, I will just add, you know, Professor Gupta summarized it very nicely. Uh, you know, we see this pattern all the time, uh, which happens in academics where things go up and down. The, the COVID-19 had been maybe worse than what we have seen earlier. Uh, but we will we'll come back. In fact, uh, you can always see some positives of it. One is that uh, it gives us some new areas uh, for research uh, and we are already seeing. So we have a lot of new uh, research challenges uh, which companies are facing and that leads us to a lot of new, new research papers people can work on. So that's certainly one positive which uh, all young researchers can think about. Uh, that how you can write more papers related to that and help uh, companies in coming out of that. Uh, the second thing would be, you know, you're not able to go out. So utilize this time to work more on your research. I think uh, that's never too bad. Uh, so I, I know that we keep talking about a lot of negatives, but I think that we have to look towards the positive. We'll come out of that. Uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of positives. So let's look at that and, and, and keep working on what we are doing. And POM Society is there to help in all possible ways, as well as the journal. So, you know, if you have anything, reach out to us, if we can help in any way, we are always there. Uh, you know, first, the first meeting I had with uh, Professor Singhal about the journal, he told me that uh, this journal is uh, uh, about the author because of the author. So authors are our most important constituents, everything comes next. And, uh, you know, that was the thing that really struck me. And uh, I strongly believe after working for so many years with the journal that that was not just uh, talk. Uh, we have some constituents in the journal as well as in the society, which are built around people who are involved to help uh, youngsters, young people uh, to grow and become successful. So we are ready to do anything possible um, in any, any way we can help these people. So that will be my message uh, to end with. Let me make one more comment. COVID-19 has brought to surface a new division between the industries. Nobody ever thought before essential and non-essential industries. Now, when you plan for your operations, you never think whether your industry is essential or non-essential. When you make plans, when you locate your plans, when you design your supply chains, is it your um, industry or business essential or non-essential. And uh, that will be an important area of research. You know, we have talked about profit and non-profit organization, there's a lot of research. Have we thought about essential and non-essential industries? That will be another area of research. How do you cope up? How do you make plans if you are in the category of non-essentials? And what is non-essential and what is essential? is a debatable question. This is very significant. This is a very shrewd observation. This is not only about operations management. This is all about the society. Look at the society, how many things we produce are essential and how many are not, and how the productive resources are deployed world over. If you compare a low-income country like India and a high-income country like United States, and it gives you a lot of insights if you compare essentials versus non-essentials. Uh, just two cents. So uh, this, this sort of concludes our first episode of uh, 
the Palms podcast series. And uh, we want to thank Professors Gupta, Singer, and Professor Kumar to, for taking the time to uh, do this for us. Um, and uh, we, we certainly want to say that please look forward to more episodes on different aspects of the society. Um, the, the goal for us in starting this podcast series is to bring, uh, is to, bring to the community uh, the different aspects of workings of the Palms community in general. And uh, if uh, you, you're excited about what you're listening and you want to contribute in some way, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, uh, you could write to me or write to Professor Subodha Kumar or uh, Professors uh, Sushil Gupta and Kalyan Singhal with your ideas. Uh, I'm sure uh, everybody will be keen to hear. If you have anything to offer to us in terms of uh, service or ideas, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we will look forward to uh, continuing to engage with you in different uh, ways and forms. Thank you so much.